Welcome to the InnovaBuzz podcast, where our job is to help you build visibility, professional credibility, and connection with your ideal client by putting the human at the center of innovative marketing so you can build and strengthen an engaging, enduring relationship with your ideal clients. I'm Jürgen Strauss from InnovaBiz, and I'm honored that you're here with me. If you haven't joined our wonderful marketing transformation community yet, go to innovabiz.co and collect your free gift as well. Do subscribe to the show and also leave a review because it helps others find us. Let's get into today's masterclass on this InnovaBuzz podcast. Yeah, you've got to be good at what you do or your product's got to be good. Yes, it has, but it's not the most important thing. If you can't build relationships, then you're never going to get the chance to show people how good you are. And how many people talk about, oh, this other company hasn't got the services I've got, but they've got the customers. Well, they focused on the relationships. You focus on your product or service. Yes, the product and service has to be good because you build a relationship with them. And you haven't got a good product or service. I'll work it out sooner or later but you will have got them as a client in the first place. But if you don't have that relationship, you won't get them no matter how good you are at what you do. Welcome back. I hope your week's been fantastic so far. Now, if you haven't yet listened to my recent conversations with Stefano Giacomo, the author of High Impact Tools for Teams, and with Michelle Mazur, who authored The Three-Word Rebellion, then do check them out because you're in for a treat with these two wonderful authors. Now, let's do today's conversation first, though. I'm really excited today to have on the InnovaBuzz podcast as my guest, Alan Stevens, who's an international profiling and communications specialist, regularly featured on national TV, radio and in the world's press, profiling the likes of our leading politicians, our TV and sports stars, as well as Britain's royalty. He's been referred to by the UK Guardian as the leading authority on reading people and the mentalist meets Dr Phil by the Herald. Alan has worked with international clients, the likes of Disney Films and Gillette, and high-profile organisations like the Australian Federal Police to help them understand how people tick. He works with business owners and executives, helping them to understand and engage their clients and prospects, enhancing their presentations and negotiation skills. And Alan works with parents and teachers to help them enhance the ability of their children to reach their full potential whilst improving the experience of parents, of teachers and the student. His latest community initiative is the Campfire Project, which is a safe place for men and women to give themselves permission to tell their stories, to share their experiences and wisdom from around the world. In our discussion today, Alan talked to me about face profiling, how and why it works. He explained that communicating with others to build relationships is the foundation of business. 
and he explained how you can adjust your communication to better understand others. Without further ado, then let's fly into the hive and get the buzz from Alan Stevens. Hi, I'm your host, Jürgen Strauss from InnovaBiz, and I'm really excited to welcome today to the InnovaBuzz podcast from actually closer to me than most of my guests have been recently from Newcastle, New South Wales in Australia, Alan Stevens. Alan is a profiling and communication specialist. Welcome to the InnovaBuzz podcast, Alan. It's a great privilege to have you as my guest. Well, it's a privilege works both ways. Thank you very much for the invitation to join you. I've been looking forward to it. Jackson Millan, who was our guest on episode 371 of the Innova Buzz podcast, suggested that we have a conversation with you, Alan, and introduced us. So big hello to Jackson. Excellent. Yeah, Jackson's uh, it's a great guy. I've been doing a, a few um, workshops with him as well. It's been a lot of fun. He's uh, If everyone hasn't uh, listened to his podcast before, they should go and listen to it. He's got a lot to offer. That's right. There was a lot of gold in that one, as as there is in all of them, but certainly Jackson really... Um, highlighted how you can get really strategic about your forward plan um, in growing your business. All right, now you're all about profiling, as I mentioned, and communications and being better at communicating with people in a way that they understand what we mean and taking responsibility for that communication. One of the things that you do is profiling people based on their faces. So I could kind of start off with what do you think about me based on my face but I, before we get to something like that deep into that because that could be quite challenging um, for me uh, what what is it that drives you Alan? Well through my life I've um, hadn't been very good at reading people and I've had a lot of relationships I've had business partners who empty the bank out I've made a lot of mistakes along the way and it's usually from not being able to connect with people in the right way so when I profile people, it's not to manipulate or to control. It's all about how can I read that person to make a stronger connection? And then how can I make sure that I've made the right connection and that I've um, able to help them to the best of their ability? Hmm. Yeah, I love the love that you turn it around in terms of how can you actually make the best connection and serve them rather than being manipulative? Because I think there's a lot of these tools have got a bad rap because some people do um, take them and try to manipulate mm. but I, you know that's well first of all I don't think anybody can really be manipulated that easily if they don't want to but secondly that's not really what the tools were designed to do. Um, one of the things I'm curious about you mentioned that you you were driven to learn this by because you felt you were misreading people I often feel that I lack the confidence to make a judgment about somebody early on when I first meet them. And and I sometimes suppress impressions that I get and say, no, no, that's I'm just misreading that. And then often later on, that surfaces again and I think, oh, damn it, my first impression was right. I should have acted on that first impression. Is How do you... Um, or when, when did you get to the point where you had confidence in the first impressions that you had with people? And, and how do you know when to trust yourself and when to say, no, no, I'm, I haven't got enough information? 
Okay, well, let's look at that a little bit first. One of the things is that, like you said, when you meet somebody for the first time, we make an impression of what we think of them. And that can be based on when they're talking, or I always say to people, how often have you heard someone speak? Everything they said sounded perfectly fine, but you had that gut feeling something was wrong. Well, there are two things that could have happened. Number one is you've picked up the nonverbal indicators, the tone of voice, body movements, things that told you that didn't correlate with what they were saying. There was a mismatch. There was incongruities between what they've said and what their body and features are telling you, maybe their expressions and everything else. But there's also the other side of that, that we can make a reading where we're not accurate. We base it on past experience. And some of those past experiences can go right back to when we were children watching a show on TV. And there was a certain uh, particular shape, like when I was growing up, nobody trusted anybody who wore black because the baddie always had black. <laughs> yeah. Then we come to the fake fact of, well, that face, that might remind you of that actor, or it could remind you of somebody who has done the wrong thing by you in your life. And so when you see somebody that looks similar to that, straight away we have that gut feeling. We go, oh, we don't trust them. But then we have a, what we do is we create a self-fulfilling prophecy because we automatically respond back to them with a level of distrust. We, you know, we stand back or whatever. Now, we all read each other and we pick up. As you picked up uh, the energies of the people around you, they pick yours up as well. If you're pulled back because of that fear and they then uh, pick that up, they'll pull back from you. Now, there may have been nothing wrong with them, but because of uh, how we've read them and behaved towards them, we've created a self-fulfilling prophecy. And then we go, geez, mm. I was right. They weren't trustworthy. <laughs> yeah. With the profiling I do, it removes all of the doubt. It removes the ambiguities. We start to understand what are we really picking up? Have I unconsciously picked up the nonverbal indicators or have I uh, responded to um, something from my past? And so what I do is I help people to uncover and recognize which way it is. When you feel something, was it real or was it, um, you know, our past experience? Hmm. Yeah, that, that's um, a really insightful take on that. And, and, you know, the example of the baddies wearing black, that was um, we even recently we're having this conversation we're saying well it's got to be a black car because it's the bad guy who's driving it <laughs> so it's it's so ingrained when you grow up with something like that um the the idea of getting to the point of that conscious decision okay am i just reacting to something in my past or a, a bias that i have from my own experience or am i picking up a signal that that's actually coming from that person um an incongruency as you put it between what they're saying and their body language or, or between the values that they espouse and how they actually behave mm. uh that kind of thing how long does it take to actually get really comfortable and confident in being able to do that well when i first started learning these techniques i I've uh, worked in a lot of different modalities and I used to work with um, psychometric profiling like Myers-Briggs, DISC and you know, um, the uh, Enneagrams and a whole bunch of other different systems. But I realised that when you're asking people questions, they can try and second guess what you're asking and they can give you what their belief is. So if I ask two people, what uh, is your impression of the word loyalty? They'll give me a different answer. If I've got a room of 10 or 20 people, I'll get probably at least 10 to 15 different uh, descriptions and the, the, some that are like each other won't still be the same. 
And so with that, where you ask people questions, you get that misunderstanding. So my particular method is being able to read what I can see in the face. And so I, they don't have to say a single word and I can profile them. And from that, then I know how to speak to them. And I got the feedback of their expressions and their body language that then, then tell me whether I've read them right. So if I follow down that particular system, when I started learning this, I was doubting. I thought, how long is it going to take for me to learn this? But once I started uh, talking to other people and explaining what I was seeing, I, I started picking it up and realizing I knew a lot more than I, I knew in the, I thought I knew. Because when you said about uh, looking at you, you, for instance, I know that uh, when you learn something new for the first time, you go away and you practice. You don't go rush out and just tell everybody about it. You go and make sure you got it right. So I know that if you're talking confidently, you know your stuff about the subject we're talking about. And I know that, as you mentioned with the person you were looking at uh, and going, well, I'm not quite sure whether I've read them right or not. That's your doubt about your self-confidence. But once you understand how to read the people, your confidence levels comes up really quickly and you can remove a lot of that self-doubt in the process. And so with me, when I first did my uh, course in reading the, uh, the faces, I wasn't very good at it at all. And I think, didn't think I was going to get my head around it. But then when I started applying it, I was surprised at how quickly I picked it up. And the way I profile these days, somebody walks past me in the street, they come around the corner from 10 feet away. As they walk past me, I can spend the next 15, 20 minutes telling you about their personality, what will push their buttons, what uh, hobbies, sports, and uh, even into what careers will suit their personalities. As we know, if somebody's working in a field that matches their personalities, they're happier, they're more productive. So the owner of the business is making more money and the uh, this person is happy. And when they go home, they're happy with their spouse. Everything's connected. Mm. Yeah, yeah. It's, uh, it, um, yeah, it comes back to something that I'll ask later on in terms of um, being true to ourselves and how much less energy that costs. And, and so that comes back to that as well, isn't it? You, yeah, you're, no. um, you're in alignment with your values. Everything's, mm. everything's a match to your personality and your, your profile so that it becomes effortless almost. That's it. The more you can connect with other people, the less effort it takes. There's more genuineness be behind it. Now, yes, you can use these skills to manipulate people. But my God, there's a lot of hard work in that because you've got to keep at it. <laughs> Whereas if you use it to build a relationship, that, that relationship can go well into the future. And if it's a client, the end result is you can have a client for uh, well into the future. Not only have you got it, that client, but they're out there singing your praises as well. And at the same time, if it's a, a partner, well, you've got less uh, issues at home. Things are going better there. Your kids also have a better life as well. So the more that we can uh, understand the other person, we do it to, you know, I use it to create relationships and relationships are the foundation of everything. We get those right, you know, selling, making money and everything else, all those other things just gravitate to it so fast. Whereas if you go after trying to sell and just make money, it usually can be a long, hard slog because you're not focused on the person. But when you profile somebody, you're focused on them and you're bound to make a stronger connection with them. Hmm. So it's all, it all comes back to my philosophy, enabling you to do that better. In other words, making the marketing more human by building on the relationships. Yeah, because I always say in business, you know, look after your staff and I'll look after your business. And people go, customers are important. And I go, well, if you put your staff first, 
you'll find that because they're dealing with the customers, you've actually put your customers first as well on an equal front line as your staff. And therefore you move, you know, and that compounds and you get greater results. Hmm. So being able to read somebody and talk to them in the way that they need to be spoken to is guaranteed to get a better relationship with them. And if it's in a, a personal relationship, that's going to be stronger. If it's with your kids, they're going to grow faster and you're able to help guide them to a better future. And if it's at work with your, uh, your uh, staff, those relationships will be better. The relationships then with the whole staff have with the customers will be better and you'll make more money. So mm. relationships, as I say, are the foundation of everything we do. If we looked at a building with a concrete slab, the relationships within the building would be the uh, footings that go down into the ground underneath. But because the footings we don't usually see on a building, quite often people don't see them in their relation within their businesses and their personal uh, connections. And that's why um, we had so many people who were disengaged at work. There's a very high percentage. And if they're not happy at work, they're not productive and the businesses weren't making money. And so no wonder we were in COVID, you know, we had yeah. a lot of businesses go out the door and the biggest turnover was with uh, in leadership roles because the people in those roles were really only managers. And if they didn't have somebody sitting in front of them because those people were working from home, they couldn't um, uh, manage them and therefore found that the, the work they were doing was just a waste of time. So now they're realising relationships are the most important thing you'll ever have. Get those right. And that's how you can become a leader very quickly. Hmm. And I was reminded your metaphor there about the um, concrete foundations of the building. I was reminded of a conversation I was having yesterday where um, we were admiring a friend of mine's new house and he was telling about one of his neighbours where they poured the concrete slab on a day that was 40 degrees which if, if you know anything about cement curing, that's um, absolute disaster waiting to happen. And they've been in the house, actually they've been in and out of the house. They've moved in and moved out three times hmm. because things have been, like the frame's been moving, the walls have been cracking, all kinds of things have been completely breaking down, which you don't expect on a new home simply because the foundations were not done properly. That's right. We look at skyscrapers and we, you know, they might be in a, um, an earthquake area and they're you know, multiple stories high and you go, that thing should fall over if the building moved, but it's the footings that go down so deep. The centre of gravity of that building is close to the ground level. It's within the first five to 10 floors, no matter how mm. tall the building is. And that's because of the, the uh, footings that you put into the ground. And that is the relationships that hold that building still. And so relationships in buildings, in our, um, our, in our business, in our personal lives and everything else are the most important thing that we should be focusing on. All right. The, um, tell me a little bit more about face profiling. How does it work? Why does it work? So I'm, I'm a little bit familiar with eye patterns and and reading eye pattern movements a little bit. So if people are looking up there, kind of visualizing something or they're trying to recall something by visualizing it, if they're um, looking across, it's more around the listening to an inner dialogue or recalling, That's right. recalling sounds. And if they're looking down, they're probably uh, going internally and trying to access information. But um, there's, there's a lot more involved in what you do, right? Yeah, because what you just explained there is, um, you know, anybody who's done NLP or done rudimentary body language will have covered 
the understanding of that, knowing visual up, what, you know, what sounds like out to the sides and internal dialect and what does it feel like going down. We have one side which is about uh, where we remember. So if I asked you how many windows in the front of your house and you had to think about it, mm. you'd look up to get the picture in your head, but you'd look to one side. And when you, if I said, well, I pull the windows out and put a bay window in or a decking out the front, what would it look like? You'll shift your gaze to the other side to get a picture of it. So that gives you an idea of where people source information. But it doesn't tell you whether they're lying unless you benchmark them, first of all, and understand that, yep, that's where they look for, you know, where it's not threatening. But then you ask them questions about something that might have happened and you go, well, what was your role in that? Then you start looking at where their eyes move and you see if there's a difference. But that still is only the beginning level of it. We know that everything we feel inside, we express outwardly through our body language and through our expressions. We always respond unconsciously. So when something happens, we unconsciously respond. Then within a moment, our conscious mind steps in. And say, for instance, uh, we, we, were, we are scared of something. We had a surprise. We have a surprise look on our face. Then when we recognize what it is, you know, we might see something curled up at our feet. Your usual response would have been, is that a snake? We then look down, it's only a hose or whatever, it's not dangerous. So we get rid of the, um, the look of fear on our face. That little transition is um, what we call a micro expression. It's from the unconscious to the unconscious realization, it's a fifth of a second down to 1 25th of a second. It's not even the time it takes to, you know, to click my fingers. And so that being the case, that will tell you what somebody's really feeling at any moment. And the more that you, and it may sound fast at a fifth of a second down to one twenty-fifth of a second, but once you've seen it often enough, you'll pick it up really quickly. Now, how many times have you been watching some, you know, a documentary or a um, someone being interviewed, and you go, "Oh, I just something was wrong then, but I don't know what it was." Hmm. I guarantee that you've picked up the non-verbal indicators, the expressions, the tone of voice, the movement of the body, or whatever it might have been. And so that's the first part of it. But knowing that everything we feel inside, we express outwardly. So I use those then to check that I've read the person right, because I want to have read them and understand how they take information in, how they're likely to respond, et cetera, use the right language, and then use those to confirm that I got it right. But if we respond with, you know, whatever we feel inside, we express outwardly. And if you lift weights, for instance, you know, bicep curls, you're going to build your biceps up. You're not going to build your triceps. You're definitely not going to build your legs up. You'll only build up the muscle you're working on so it means that any muscle that we work over and over we're going to develop ridges and crevices you know grow shape reshape it etc and if we're feeling everything that we're inside and then express it outwardly when you're thinking you're going to give away you're going to you know be pulling expressions over and over if you start thinking a certain way if you're very focused in on things you're going to you know pull the muscles around your eyes the actual eyelids will start to change shape over time, not immediately, but over time. And the harder you do it, the more focused you are, the quicker it will happen. And so virtually your facial features become a history of how you like to think and process. So all I need to be able to read somebody is their photograph, their websites, their Facebook page, their LinkedIn profiles. If I've got that, I know their personality. Then before I even speak to them, I can put a presentation together and then when I am talking to them, now I've got their body language and expressions that confirm that I read them right because I don't care how good and how many people I have profiled, I always, in full respect for the person I'm profiling, I will make sure that I've read them right. So I'll be looking for that first of all. I'll be looking to see if there's anything emotionally going on because if I'm 
trying to sell to somebody, for instance, I, and there's something emotional going on, I'm wasting my time until we can circumvent whatever that emotional in that situation is. So then I can use it to help to work with them and find out what's going on. At the very tail end, when they're responding back to me, the expressions and the body language will tell me whether they're telling me the truth or not. And so where some people use the micro expressions and body language as a, uh, uh, a lie detector, I use it as a truth seeker. I want to know what's going on. I'm not assuming the person's lying to me, but if things aren't congruent, something's happened. And then I can use what I know by their, again, knowing their face, knowing how to change the way I'm talking, get the feedback and use that confirmation again. And at the very tail end, as I said, yes, they might be lying to me, but uh, why are they lying to me? So I'm a, I'm a truth seeker more than a lie detector when it comes to using the facial features and uh, body language. But the, uh, or the facial expressions, I should say, and the body language. But the most powerful of the whole lot is the facial features. And once you understand that, you know, it took a long time for a lot of psychologists to get their head around it because there used to be an old belief that, and it was debunked as rubbish, that uh, particular face shapes would be criminals. Now they're talking about character there. I'm talking about personality, completely different thing. Personality is how you like to think and process, whereas character is what you're thinking and processing. So two people can look very similar. One could be a saint and the other one could be a sinner. One's trying to figure out how to rip me off and the other one's uh, trying to figure out, well, how to help me, how to, how to give me the best service possible. And they can look very similar. So being able to read people this way in that first instance where you may have misjudged the person because they remind you of somebody who did the wrong thing by you in the past, you've removed that uh, issue out of the way. And so you can treat that person as they truly are Whereas with psychometric profiling, all those questions that you put people in boxes. I come along and go, right, well, the people who profiled you are pretty comfortable because they've been able to read you. So they, they know where you sit. They've got a rough idea, so that's helped them out. But uh, would you like to be treated as an individual in your own right? And they go, yes, and I take them out of the box. And that's when I profile them and uh, talk about their, uh, their unique strengths and help them to uh, work more on their strengths as opposed to working on their, their weaknesses. You work on your strength, happier, more productive. Yeah, one of one of the things that I struggle a lot with the, um, the a lot of these psychometric tools is is that idea of it categorizes people in boxes. And then also it like for example, Myers Briggs. I mean I always come out INTJ. I haven't done one for a long time. It may have shifted. But um at some point, it's almost a label. And I remember doing one training course in um, in my corporate days where people wore badges. Mm. So they did the Myers-Briggs beforehand and people actually wore the badge of their Myers-Briggs um, result uh, that they got so that they could interact with that. And I thought, well, that's... that definitely is categorizing people in boxes. It's not necessarily observing what's going on for that person in the moment or... Well, you put everybody in 16 boxes and all the people in the same box as you will look at you and go, we're not the same. There's, yeah. there's differences. Um, and it, it's like horoscopes. Everything's too general. There's a thing called the Barnum effect. They um, profiled a whole bunch of uh, people, gave them, they got them to fill out questionnaires they uh, then gave them an envelope which had their report in it. 
and they were all told to sit down, not talk to each other, but to read their reports. And then when they were finished reading their reports, the, um, the organisers asked them all, who agrees with what they've got? And they all put their hand up and said, yes, that's me, that's me. Then they got one of them to stand up and read his out. And as he's reading, yeah, everyone's going, that's what I've got. That's what yeah, I've yeah. got. When you've got only a small number of boxes, you're too general. And even mm. with things like um, uh, this, for instance, when people say, oh, but I can watch them and I'll read their behaviours. And if they're this, they'll fit into the D category or the C category or whatever. But again, if that person that you're profiling in that moment is going through emotional stuff, they'll be operating outside of their normal personality. And so you're misreading them. And if I'm having a good day or a bad day using those systems and reading the other person, what I will put up one day will be, with, will be different to what I'll put up with from another person another day. So then I've got my emotions getting in the way. Whereas with this system, it takes the emotions out of it, the gender, uh, the moment situation, the um, uh, level of education or anything else, it's the dimensions of the face. And it's like I say to people, if I divide the number uh, uh, three by four, uh, four, I've only got two answers and they are the same answer. One's 75% and the other one's 0.75. It doesn't matter if I'm happy or sad, I'm going to get the same reading. And so when I train people, they might all have uh, different impressions of everyone in the room when they start. But when we finish, everybody's reading everybody, you know, another person exactly the same. 20 people in the room reading one other person, 20 people have the same profile. Hmm. They read that. All right. So, um, is, so you mentioned training. So I'm guessing that the answer to this question is yes. Can anyone learn how to do this? Well, if you looked at my background and everything else, you'd laugh your head off and go, if he can learn it, I can definitely learn it. <laughs> because... If you can recognise shapes, you know, if you've got any idea of uh, recognising, you know, distances, etc., you can learn all of this very easily. The micro expressions are fairly easy to learn because one of the issues is that at school we're always told to listen. In a court of law, we have to listen to the words. Everybody ignores the expressions. Now, in communication, words are about 7% of the communication. The tone of voice is about 38% and the um, body language is about 55%. So you add all that up, you got the 100%. Now, by saying the words are only worth 7% does not put the words down. If you don't have the words, you don't have communication. So they're equally important to the, uh, the nonverbal indicators of tone of voice, of body language, et cetera, in the communication process. But just that difference in the ratio, the nonverbals hold so much more information for you. And mm -hmm. so, by discounting those, you miss a great opportunity when it comes to reading people. So, you know, as I said, well, if I uh, learnt it, I went through two divorces. I went through um, raising three boys on my own, which was a real challenge and trying to understand them. I'd had business partners who would empty the bank out when I was much younger. And it was through my second divorce and uh, working with a company that were teaching currency trading and none of their students making any money and we were using psychometric profiling in those days, asking questions to try and work their personality out and they were still losing money because they didn't fit their personalities when they went live. Mm -hmm. It was those things that drove me to, uh, out of desperation, I had to turn things around and start to learn this. So in my courses, when I teach people, well, my youngest student, I uh, was as proud as punch, she's my 12-year-old uh, granddaughter and she oh. had, just doing my master course and blowing it out of the water with what she's doing. She's impressed me so much. So it, anyone can learn it of any age, pretty much. Hmm. 
Well, kids kids tend to be a lot more observant of what's going on with other people than than adults. I mean, I think somewhere along the line we kind of neglect that we should be observing people a little yeah. bit more beyond just and we should be listening and asking curious questions and so on. Everything that that we used to do as kids. So yeah, I, I know you're really yeah. I know you're really passionate about um, working with children. So tell us a little bit about, about the work you're doing there and the impact that that's having. Well, one of the things is if you're able to understand the child at a very early age and talk to them in the way that they need to be spoken to, you'll have a stronger connection with them. And if you have a stronger connection with them, this is parents and school teachers, if they understand their children more effectively and talk to them in the way that they need to be spoken to, a lot of the issues that are happening between parents and children and uh, teachers and children completely disappear. It was about ooh, a bit over 10 years ago now. I had uh, one of my uh, clients, I was doing a, a workshop for her on the weekend and she said to me, you know, could I profile her son? And I said, well, tell me about your son. And she said, well, he's six years old. He has Asperger's, heavily medicated and pretty hard to control. And I said, well, will he sit still, you know, while I'm around? She said, no, she said, near impossible. And I said, okay. Can you take a number of photographs for me? And she took them in, a, you know, five photographs the way I wanted them taken. She sent them to me and I did a report on uh, his personality. She ended up taking that uh, written report to both the school teachers and the after schools care. And she was smart enough to play one against the other, telling each of them that the others were doing it. And if they didn't do it properly, it would fail and they'd be on their heads. So neither party won't be uh, caught out, put it in place. A year later, where they said he would never do presentations in front of the class, he was doing presentations in front of the class. Another year and a half later, uh, they, um, they didn't need the psychologist anymore. And with the doctor's approval, they uh, reduced his medication. He ended up coming out of the uh, special needs class into the regular class. He's 16 years old now, and she's still doing testimonial videos for me. And every time I see her and she met, you know, mention uh, her son's name to her, the whole face lights up. So that, I know it does, even kids that have um, parents just not connecting with them, who don't have uh, one of these, um, uh, what I call alphabet um, conditions that they talk about. <laughs> the, those parents are making great connections with their, uh, their kids. It's changing their, their lives. And if you do that with your children, the end result is as they grow up, we're able to read what hobbies and sports will suit them at an early age. We've got an idea of what careers will suit their personality before they get to the stage of picking their final subjects. So when they do that, they end up doing a subject because we don't tell them what to do, but it's a case of here's the job guide, but instead of it being a white page, we're giving them some ideas in there. Go and have a look at these and see what you think of them. So it becomes a yellow pages. And the child then finds a career that will suit them. They're more than likely, if they pick the right one, more than likely going to finish their studies. And if they finish their studies, go into that career. But at the moment, We've got people who have got one or double, um, uh, what do you call it, degrees, not working in the field that they've done the degrees in. They've got a massive hex debt and they're off doing a different job because they realise once they finish their uh, studies, they didn't want to do that. Work. Mm -hmm. so, as you can see, it starts to flow through. If people are happier, then they're you know, happy at school. They're less likely to be bullying each other. As they grow up, find the right careers, they're happier at work, more productive at work. They're happier at home instead of going home and whinging about their organisation because I think the Gallup research in 2018 stated that 87% of employees in the Western world were disengaged in their work. Don't want to work. Yeah. So, That's scary, isn't it? 
Yeah. If you help those people and guide them through, they become better leaders as well. You reduce that number. The company's more productive and those people go home and they're happy when they go home to their spouse and their kids and the family benefits as well. Because relationships, no such thing as a business relationship. Every relationship is a personal relationship. And once people understand yeah, yeah, that, if you have a relationship, and I talk about adult to adult and adult to child relationships. When you've got uh, employees, and especially when you're taking them through the uh, early stages and training them and getting them to fit in, it's an adult to child conversation. Of course, you guys, same as you do with kids. And so once I understood that, then I realized that I can uh, just learn to read people in one instance, like in one area, and then use it in every area of my life. And I didn't have to go and learn something new. So if somebody learns this in the business field, they're using it with their spouse, they're using it with their kids. And because they do it out of respect for the other person to build a stronger relationship with them, everybody's a winner. That's right, yeah. Yes, so I, do, I think it's, um, well, I, I'm really glad you're putting this into the schools and I think uh, maybe it would help in, in what's going on in the world today where we're seeing this you know, heavy polarisation between people with different um, political viewpoints or religious viewpoints, you know, leading to all kinds of really serious problems that we've got right now. And I think it's because relationships are breaking down and people are not listening to one another and they're not talking to one another in a way that's respectful and actually generates a meaningful conversation as opposed to just you were wrong and I'm right. Hmm. Because with this, I've taken it beyond just my business. I created what I call the Campfire Project, which is hmm. a group on Facebook that originally for men, safe place for them to come in and tell their stories. But women have been in there from day one. We went from one-on-one -on -one discussions to panel discussions between the men. The women then just realized that men were talking in a way that they'd never heard them talk before and they loved it. They wanted to get involved, which I was waiting for them to put their hands up. So I brought them into the one-on-one -on -one discussions and then the panel discussions. In two and a half years, we've had over 300 hours now of conversations uh, between the men and the women and the one-on-ones, et cetera. Not once in that time in any of those people who have been on those calls, those interviews, has there been a rude word between any male or any female to any other male or female. And with that, we're having those meaningful conversations like the ones you just mentioned where we've got all this political angst and everything else. When you focus on the other person to understand them more effectively so that you can speak to them in a way in which you can connect with them better, then the end result is you're taking the focus off yourself. And when you put the focus on the other person, you become a little bit more uh, reluctant to go and pressure them, but you're more now inclined to want to hear them out more, to understand them. So we listen to understand as opposed to listening to put them down. Because most people, when you're talking, are uh, listening to hear the break when they can then talk themselves, as opposed to hmm. listening to what they're saying and then responding to that and drawing more out of the other person. So, yeah. so it's you know, same as a transmitter and receiver. When a radio, we have to tune our, trans our receivers into the transmitter because the transmitter only sends out at one frequency. So everybody has to, 104.3, for instance, everyone has to tune into that. But when you're communicating, it's the other way around. We don't know what the receiver's frequency is. They have no idea about the transmitter. So the transmitter's job is to tune in to the receiver so you can then get your message across to the receiver in a way the receiver can take it in. And who's the one who wants to get the message across? The transmitter. So focus on the other person, 
learn how to speak with them in the right way, and you're guaranteed to get a have a better relationship with them, and more likely to get the outcome that you were hoping for in the first case. Yeah, yeah, I love that, and and also it um, it means that you take responsibility for the communication and the response that you get. So if the response is not what you intended, mm. then you can ask yourself, rather than just descending into an argument, you can ask yourself, well, where did I go wrong in my communication and what can I change to get a different response? That's it. The more you can read the other person, you've got that before you even start talking to them. Mm. Like I said before, I know that, um, you know, as I said before, you build your confidence when you, you know, by learning things and then you go out and you practice. And as I said, if you came to me and you were talking confidently about something, I'm wasting my time trying to catch you out on it because I know you know your stuff. I also know you analyze things, get all the information before you make your decision. But once you've got your confidence and you've got all the information, it's just give me the best way to do it and get out of the way and let me get it done. And at the same time, I know when you're talking, you're not going to waffle on with very flowery, uh, con you know, expanded, uh, M uh, what do you call it, uh, sentences. You're going to be fairly concise and to the point. And I know there's a bit of a yeah, wicked dry sense of humour there as well. So we can have a great <laughs> conversation. So if yeah. I've got that up front, I know what style to speak to you. I don't have to be real formal in a, you know, I can be um, joking, etc. But I know that if I just gave you the overview, you're going to be going, is What's, where's the rest of the information? And if I'm just trying to give you the overview, going through all these different items and connecting them all, and you haven't got enough on the first one, you're going to keep stopping me and dragging me back and want to go deeper. So if that's the case, this is why we then have a miscommunication because I need to go wide, given the big picture, and you want to get all the information on each one, you're not going to trust me. Well, why aren't you telling me everything? And I'm going to get angry because you keep interrupting me. And that's why things happen. But if I know that, you need all the information, but I want to make sure that I don't forget anything. I would say to you, I'd say, look, I know that you, um, there's a lot of information in here, but what I'm going to do is so that I don't miss anything, I want to put it all on the table first, lay it all out, and then we can go back to each item and go deeper into it. That'd be okay. Yeah. If I get that agreement from you, and then as we're talking, you get excited and go, oh, I need to know more about that. And I want to make sure that I don't forget anything. I can say again, well, look, as I said, I don't want to forget anything. And that's important to me. It's got to be important to you. And you say, yes. And I go, well, I can then sort of, well, I've got a verbal contract with you. I can bring you back, lay it all on the table and go, okay, now where do you want to go into? What do you need to know more about? And I will spend all day, as long as you want, answering questions because your face is telling me that, yes, you're going to have a lot of questions and you're going to analyze it and everything else. And I know because you need to build your confidence, I'm going to let that uh, take as long as it needs to take. I'm not going to rush you thinking, oh, you know, we're not getting to the sale. Something's wrong here. So I'm going to sit back and the sale is going to get there a lot faster and more like, guaranteed to be there because I don't keep interrupting and talking to you the wrong way. Hmm. Yeah, that's you know, a really... Somebody yourself and everything's been fine, but then all of a sudden they've switched off or they've been trying to finish your sentence to move you on. That'll be the other way around. So this is why know the other person and speak to them in the way that they need to be spoken to, but changing our own style from where we are on the same scale. If we're at one end, the other end, massive change. If we're near each other, very little change. Yeah, that's, that's a really great example. And one of the things, and I fall into this trap quite often too, is that um, I think people who are entrepreneurs and who 
have products or services, they're really passionate about them and proud about them. So they're talking to somebody, explaining it to them, and they bombard them with information and go really deep. And oh, it's got this feature and it's got that benefit and it's got this as well and it does that as well and we can do this as well. And the person's just looking for a high-level mm. overview. So you kind of already gone off the rails a little bit in terms of what you're describing and observing the person and communicating with them in a way that um, actually means something to them or, or builds that relationship with them. That's it, because normally you've, you've walked through the front door and as you went started talking to them, you've already got to the sale, but you don't recognise it and you keep talking and then, you know, you take yourself out the back door and the sale yeah. is alone. Uh, the focus always has to be on the other person and when it is, it's like, okay, these might be the features I have and yes, okay, these are the benefits you can get from it. But by connecting with the other person, I can go much deeper than that. I can find out what are the benefits behind the benefits that my product provides? What are the benefits they're after? What's behind that? What are the shadow values? What are the um, emotional connections they have? What's the true thing that they get out of you know, getting more sales or getting faster sales may not be the fact they would want to make more sales, you know, put more time in you know, the same amount of time and get more sales across the whole board. It might be they just want to get their sales faster because they want to spend more time at home to be there when the kids go to school and when they come home from school and work in the hours in between. Until you really connect with the other person, ask them the right questions, look for that feedback and get it all, all uh, understood, you know, you're selling a product. You're not selling, I don't sell things to people, but people buy from me all the time because I, all I'm selling is me. People don't mm -hmm. care how much you know until they know how much you care. They don't yeah. visit people they don't know, like, and trust. So all I have to sell is me, who I am as a person, that is somebody who really cares about them that they want to connect with. And from there, they just purchase left, right, and center. Hmm. Well, this is fabulous, Alan. I'm just um, checking the time here. I want to be respectful of your time. I can go on talking for ages about, um, you know, adjusting your communication with the other person and making sure that you're on a wavelength that actually gets you to that relationship really quickly. Uh, but I think it's time to move on to the buzz, which is our innovation round. And it's designed to help our audience who are primarily innovators and leaders in their field with some tips from your experience. So I've got five questions. Hopefully you'll give us some insightful answers and inspire the listener to go and do something awesome today as a result. So the first one's about innovation. What do you think the number one thing is that anyone needs to do to be more innovative? Well, the first thing is I know a lot of people teach innovation courses and everything else. I always ask myself, how can you teach that? Innovation is something that comes from within the person. And the way to, let, uh, to you know, have more coming out of you is to be open to everything around you. So everything that you hear, go away and test it. You know, anything I've said today, go away and test it for yourself. Hmm. So when you hear things from other people, keep an open mind. You can't innovate if you've got a closed mind. Yeah, that's great. Great advice. And there's so much, so many examples of that. I mean, we, we did work years ago where we applied um, things that were happening in nature. For example, the, the lotus flower leaf that um, beads water on its surface. And the way it does that through these micro hairs is uh, just a fascinating thing. And we use that in developing paints that shed dirt. Um, so there's so, there's, you know, that's an example that I was involved in. But there's so much if you sort of observe what's going on and also have the curiosity to ask, I wonder how that works. That's it. 
you know, be open to everything. And then, you know, as I say in conversations, I always say to people, well, tell me more. How does that work? And people mm. go, why are you doing that? Because, you know, as they say, you don't know what you don't know. And, you know, until you've actually heard it from people. As I say, my yeah. favorite, one of my favorite sayings is the most important thing I'll ever learn is the next thing I learn after I think I know everything. <laughs> if you have that uh, closed mind, you're not an innovator and you've really shut yourself down from learning and growing. Hmm. Yes, I like that. Uh, next thing after I know, think I know everything. All right. Now, what's the best thing you've done to develop new ideas? Well, that would have been one of the things. Um, <laughs> when I first uh, looked at the, um, the facial features and expressions, I'd been helping a, a friend uh, run a spiritual retreat and as a bit of a, a fun uh, thing we used a, a Myers-Briggs workshop where we looked at all the dichotomy, dichotomies and got everyone role-playing. And uh, one of the gentlemen at the uh, thing came up to me and said, just through asked me, said, you ever looked at reading faces? And it was an hour and a half drive back from that uh, retreat back to my place and I kept on thinking about it. And the first thing I did was got on Google found Paul Ekman, who did all the research on the micro expressions and the lady who worked with the facial features, started training with both of them and then was shaking my head as to why nobody else had put the whole lot together. And when I, as I said, features tell me their personality, then I've got the language, how to talk to them. Then I've got the indicators of body language and expressions. I created rapid trait profiling, which um, uh, has been uh, you know, recognized worldwide as unique. It got me gigs with, uh, Disney Films and Gillette for their Star Wars launch in 2016, the Rogue One. And it's I've done training with the uh, federal police and uh, with the tax office. And I also work with businesses of all sizes, sizes and shapes and parents and school teachers. And a lot of my courses are now professional development programs for lawyers, accountants, real estate agents, mortgage brokers, and soon to be school teachers. And so mm. that innovation, that open mind, yeah. Yep, and and pursuing something that intrigued you as well. Being that was mm. that was kind of an almost an aside comment the way you described it. Mm. Yeah, well, as I say to people as well, when you're talking to others, they say that you've got uh, two ears and one mouth. Well, I keep reminding people you've also got two eyes. So two eyes, two ears, and one mouth. Use them in that proportion, and when you listen, listen generously really take in what the not only hear them but also uh, uh, listen to them and hear them together and as you're doing that you'll just build a relationship with them and you'll learn so much more you get out of your own space and you you're opening up your world yeah all right love it okay now do you have a favorite resource you use most often <laughs> well it has to be the profile ears, ears and eyes <laughs> the eyes and uh, the ears you know without those you're lost um, and this, you know, you don't have to worry about sharpening them. You don't have to worry about them, you know, you know, somebody stealing your tools or anything else. You got them with you all the time. And if you got those, just make sure you look after them, which mm. uh, yeah, like you, I'm wearing glasses in my earliest uh, life. I didn't look after myself very often. So the body's telling me about that now, but, um, uh, yeah, I would say they're the best tools you can use. But the other thing is the, you know, on top of all of that, the open mind. No better tool than the open mind. Hmm. And never discount anything until you've checked it out. Yeah, and that's all about curiosity as well. So I, I you know, we talked earlier about um, pigeonholing people and so on. And part of 
not doing that is suspending judgment when you observe something. And so that that's where the open mind comes in too, isn't it? Saying, it. Well, that's mm. interesting rather than I'm going to make a judgment or, or I'm curious why that would be. That's it. With other profiling, we put people into categories, and as I said before, and we judge them. With this, we take the judgment away. Now, mm. see them as they are, we focus on them. We're more open to listen to what they're saying. If we want to make a better connection, we're looking for well, what could be upsetting them, what could be something that's holding them back in their life. If we address that, we build stronger relationships in the process. Mm. All right, great. Um, so what's the best way to keep a client on track? Well, as I said, build that relationship always. Mm. You can uh, bring your, your, your services and everything goes. A lot of people say to me, look, you know, you've got to be good at what you do or your product's got to be good. Yes, it has, mm. but it's not the most important thing. If you can't build relationships, then you're never going to get the chance to show people how good you are. And how many people talk about, oh, this other company hasn't got the services I've got, but they've got the customers. Well, mm. they focused on the relationships. You focused on your product or service. Yes, the product and service has to be good. If you build a relationship with them, you haven't got a good product or service, I'll work it out sooner or later, but you will have got them as a client in the first place. But if you don't have that relationship, you won't get them no matter how good you are at what you do. Yeah, and and the other side of um, you know having the best product, I mean, the whole uh, lean methodology or philosophy is get out to market early with a, a prototype or a minimum viable product and have those people that are early adopters help you improve on that product and mm. iterate on that. Now, that uh, is a great philosophy, but that only works if you've got a good relationship with the people so that you know you can say, well, this bit's broken because we haven't worked that out yet, but you know, you're still getting all these benefits. Mm. And if you've got good relationships with the other people, they'll forgive the broken bits or the mistakes or the bugs in, in whatever if it's software um, yeah. and, and persevere to work with you to improve it. They'll be so happy then to give you free advice on what they've learned and everything else. There's your free, you know, marketing research. They're doing it mm. for you. And so exactly. only because the relationship was so strong. Hmm. All right. And um, I suspect I've got a idea of how you might answer this one, but we'll ask the question, what's the number one thing anyone can do to differentiate themselves? Is be, you know, be they, be genuine in what you do, because there's a lot of people out there who are, you know, walking, they're talking their uh, walk, but not walking it. We get a lot of people who are you know, talking about, well, you know, I hear people say, you have, you know, I, I'm a coach and what I do is I coach seven figure coaches. And I go, okay, I look at that person, I realize they're lucky to be earning five figures themselves. What I always say to people, if you really want to uh, uh, connect with people, ask them what they've got in their account. See, my uh, currency is relationships. Mm -hmm. You want to find out uh, what um, uh, currency I've got in my account. There's plenty of uh, things all over my websites, all the accolades, the, the eight different uh, final award of finals I was in this year. All of those are based on the relationships. So the more that, you know, you be the best at what you do when you're doing it, but make sure that connection with the people is honest and then it's there and you'll always go forward. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah. It comes back to the relationship again. Love it. All right. Well, thanks, Alan. This has been fabulous. Now, where can people find out more about you, uh, maybe even reach out and say thanks for what you've shared and, and 
start a relationship perhaps. Excellent. Well, if they're on uh, LinkedIn, they'll find me all over there. I've got a large following and a lot of uh, things that we're doing. Uh, same on Facebook. I've got a number of different groups out there as well, plus business pages because I've I've broken it into working with children in one area, with businesses, with individuals, etc. But the best place to find me is on my website, which is easy to uh, remember. It's my name, Alan, A-L-A-N and Stevens, S-T-E-V-N-S dot com dot A-U. And the page I always recommend they go to, go to the success story page and have a look at all the reviews, video reviews from people. Because at the end of the day, I can, you know, <laughs> Tell a, a, a great story. I can talk for hours myself without any problems, telling people how great I am and everything else. But at the end of the day, it's you want to know what you can get out of it. Well, mm -hmm. find out what other people got out of it. So my website and the success story page, broken up into about six different categories with schools, with mental health, with business, with raising children, coaching, etc. Um, and have a look at that. You can connect me connect uh, to me through the contact form in the website. And uh, the other thing is just have a look on social media, you'll find me. And if you want to have a chat, I'm open to have a chat with anybody. Excellent. All right. We'll post links to all of those in the show notes, of course, as usual. Now, do you have some parting advice for our listeners today? Yeah. As I said before, keep that open mind and listen to what uh, people have got out there. You know, some people take things on face value and jump in. If you know that's your personality, then hold back a little bit and question things a little bit more, but listen first of all, so you've got something to question about. Hmm. Uh, I would always say, if you want to understand other people, the first thing is understanding yourself first. So when it comes down to it, the first three rules of um, reading people or first three tips that I have, know yourself, know, know how to read the other person and see where they are on the scale that differs to you, what the differences are, and then change the way you like to be spoken to to match the way they want to be spoken to in line with those differences. And you will have a much better connection with people. And with that, you have to be focusing on them. And therefore, it's guaranteed that you'll build a relationship with them. Yeah, love it. And I love, love that you kind of started off with, I mean, knowing yourself uh, as opposed to being inwardly focused. Mm. I think if we if we know a lot more about our own personalities than perhaps usually we do um, and our own styles and traits that that certainly helps us and and to think about them you know does that is that going to work in this situation or does this particular belief serve me right now um, i think i think that's great and then turning the focus to the other person in terms of the listening and all that we've spoken about Knowing yourself means that the other, you know, know how other people see you. Now, that's an advantage straight away. And if you know that, you know that, well, if they see you as less confident, because everybody reads everybody based on our biases, if they see you as less confident, then you know that, then you can set your, you know, your presentation together, put the whole thing together and show a little bit more confidence. And that just changes the connection. So you've got to know yourself first. And then once you know them, you know how to talk to them in the right way. And away you go. Fantastic. All right. Now, finally, Alan, who else should I get on this podcast and why? Well, again, it comes down. There's a lot of people I, I work with. Uh, a lot of them in the Campfire Project as well. A lot of good coaches and others. And with them, they're all, everything's a relationships. You know, they might be uh, parenting experts or they, for those people to know themselves, I've got some really great uh, friends who um, 
work on helping people to understand themselves more effectively, understanding their own emotions. And so those sort of uh, people, um, anybody who can help them to understand themselves better, and then also then how to connect with other people more effectively, because the end of those, I keep coming back to it, we can't get away from it. Relationships are the foundation. Once you've got those, everything else starts to come together very easily. Yeah. All right. Well, on that note, I think that's a really good, uh, good positive note to finish off on. So thanks so much for sharing your time and your insights so generously today, Alan. I'm really excited to have had this conversation with you. I really enjoyed it immensely. And I'm looking forward to keeping the conversation going in some form or other um, going forward. So let's keep in touch and all the best for the future. Thank you very much. And uh, it's just as much my honor as it might be yours because love uh, out there to help people and to be able to connect with people. It's absolutely fantastic. So thank you very much for the invitation. I really loved it. I hope you enjoyed that fascinating and informative conversation with Alan and took something away from his episode. I was really excited by how you can develop the ability to read faces just by looking at the micro-muscle movements and lines. Now, I'd love to know what you took away from Alan's episode. Leave a comment below the blog post, which you can find at innovabiz.co forward slash Alan Stevens. That is A-L-A-N-S-T-E-V-E-N-S. All lowercase, all one word, innovabiz.co forward slash Alan Stevens. You'll also find contact information there for getting in touch with Alan, as well as links to his website, his social media pages, a whole bunch of videos explaining how you can read people's faces, and, of course, the other resources we spoke about in today's conversation. If you like this episode, please do share it with two other people that it might help. Let's get better communication happening all around the world. Now tag me in that share because I will then reach out to you with a special thank you gift. Tune in again to the next episodes of the Innova Buzz podcast where we've got yet more fantastic guests lined up including Elizabeth Pampalone of Absolute Marketing and Matthew Sweezy, the author of The Context Marketing Revolution. Thanks for listening to this episode. Make sure you subscribe to the show to be reminded of new episodes. It's free to subscribe. Leave a review if you like. Even if you don't like me, I'm okay with that. I'm asking you to leave a review because it helps other people find this show. Go to innovabiz.co to join our marketing transformation community and access a free gift my team and I made for you. It's the Marketing Master Mini Class. We want to give you everything you need to transform your marketing into a human-centered, relationship-focused growth engine. Until next time, I'm Jürgen Strauss from InnovaBiz. Remember, be awesome and keep innovating.